Welcome to Goldmine Neurodiversity Training, the coaching podcast hosted by Casey Friedman and me, Lynn Tapper. On this podcast, we talk about topics related to neurodiversity, which are relevant to coaches, mentors and therapists. Katie and I are both ICF coaches who work with neurodivergent clients and Katie is actually autistic and has ADHD and I live with neurodivergent family members. So this week we're going to talk about rejection sensitive dysphoria, RSD. Now this is a really new term to me, I hadn't heard of it um, until this year, um, but it keeps popping up in a lot of articles being shared on LinkedIn by people working in the neurodiversity space, and we thought it's a really interesting topic to think about. So what is rejection sensitive dysphoria? Well, it's a really strong emotional reaction when someone has perceived that they've been rejected or if they've actually had a rejection or a criticism it's an overwhelming emotional response so a person who's experiencing RSD may have very negative feelings when they feel rejected and these feelings might result from a fairly innocent comment or it might be a mild disagreement or someone trying to give them some constructive criticism, but they respond as if it's been a very severe rejection. And for some people, they can internalize this as a very overwhelming experience, which can cause them to experience quite low mood and maybe withdraw from the situation. But some people might externalize that their feelings, uh, they might blow up, they might be sudden burst of anger or rage. And as you can imagine, for someone who's experiencing RSD, it can be really difficult for both themselves, but also the people that they're in relationship with. So Katie, I'm just wondering if RSD is something that you had come across before this year, or if it's new to you too. Yeah, it is new to me. And, um, you know, uh, a little bit of me was like, oh, goodness, another cooked up label that I've got to figure out whether it's part of my experience or not. So it was a bit of eye rolling when I first heard about it. Um, And I think part of the issue is something in words, linking something in words to what I think or feel sometimes takes me a while. So I probably... uh, didn't have much truck with the idea and then actually recently had an example and went oh this is what this is um so now now I do recognize it yes (laughs) so so what happened Casey what was it that made you suddenly join the dots well so like you it's kind of been on my mind it's been in my news feeds and I've kind of thought "Mm, do I don't I'm not sure not really sure and um, I went to get some mentor coaching and I this is where you take a video. It's not actually for credentialing. It's just to make you a great coach. Um, unlike supervision, you, um, you there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> you take the evidence with you and you sit there and you unpack using the um, ICF standards. And so uh, I this is where the ADHD comes in. <laughs> I'd chosen a, a recording which um, I also was trying to use for a number of other purposes including a certification in a certain program etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's a lot of things going off at once trying to uh, as I say trying to kill about 10 birds with one stone 
<laughs> so it, in no way was I performing for this mental coach um, and, you know, just brought whatever I'd got and thought, well, that'll do. Let's let's look at that. And um, what transpired was a tendency which I have, having done 15 years in education, that, that sometimes I can get a bit mentory, which I think many coaches can fall into that trap, particularly if you have a background in a kind of, you know, if you were paid to teach and know, as I was, then, uh, then no wonder I've got these habits. Um, but they were like out on, uh, you know, they were on fire in this session and <laughs> it's kind of spectacular. Um, Anyway, uh, I was kind of owning it and it was fine. And then at the end, um, we were talking about sort of next steps and um, the, the mentor coach said, well, actually that, that session wouldn't have met PCC standards. And to be honest, I'm not even sure it would have met ACC standards, which of course I got a while ago. So, you know, at the time, this is how I heard it was, you're not good enough for what you want to do, let alone good enough for what you've already got. You're a fraud. Um, you're in the wrong profession. Stop trying to do something you can't even do. Um, you know, you'll never be anything but a teacher because that's all, but because the teaching is seeping into the coach. I mean, you know, the self-talk was vile, but more than anything, it was rejection. It was, I'm, I'm not good enough. Hmm. And and I, I was just sort of thinking, well, no one likes that. No, no one's going to go, oh, thanks for that feedback. I feel good now. But um, I think it's what happens after. So I can't, it's like I can't really see straight. I okay. can't focus on anything but that. It becomes the big thing, comes very close to me. Hmm. So I can't really have meaningful conversations and concentrate on anything. It's like it's taken over. It's so big in the room. Mm. And I was thinking what what would help? And I was kind of searching for people to talk it through with because I think co-regulation really helps, mm. which is why I think coaching is so, so good for people who get this uh, or if they're in that moment. Mm. Um, and I didn't have an opportunity to talk to anyone at that time. I actually did have an opportunity to uh, go to the gym. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, exercise is very, very important for people with ADHD. It's a really good management tool. Um, it helps to reconnect mind and body. And I went a little bit crazy on the, on the treadmill. <laughs> Nearly passed out. <laughs> I don't recommend this. This is not me endorsing this. <laughs> um, but it, it helped me change of state. So I sort of sweated out. Um, this feeling and was much calmer afterwards and then the other thing that I did which helped me to properly gain perspective and push this thing into the long grass where it needed to be um, was uh, having a kind of really brave conversation with a, a friend who I had picked up on some things with and went back to our conversation and said hey you know are you okay turned out they weren't okay and they've never really been honest in the past. And this opened up, you know, kind of a huge new level for us in our friendship and also in supporting her. And all of a sudden this one rejection, which was essentially one recording that had no planning in it whatsoever and was, you know, not a, a great, you know, 
indication of my coaching, although I'm sure there was a few elements. Um, and it just kind of, it just gave me massive perspective to unhook from. Yes. This is who I am to, you know, this is one performance, one moment in time hmm. to shrink it down and to get perspective. And very quickly, um, I saw it as quite funny. I could see the humour of how how I could go from it being huge to small. But I was also really reflecting that I think in the past that kind of thing could have gone on for days. Mm. Mm. And that my knowledge of my neurodivergence and my knowledge of how to manage particularly ADHD and intensity um, really, really helped me to shrink it to three hours. Mm. Mm. So from what you said you in the past would have taken days to get Mm. over an incident that kind of triggered that kind of response in you and I guess you're describing doing quite a lot of rumination thinking about it going over it and not really being able to think of anything else at that time and the, the literature does seem to say that rumination and catastrophizing is quite a common response to rejectional perceived rejection yes yes and and also some quite interesting choices made so interestingly I spoke to you about it kind of well after um the incident and you said to me so you do you still want to become a mental coach then (laughs) and it was like there's no question of course I do so I do that was one moment in time and it just made me think um when you've got ADHD you're like a weevil you know we wobble we don't fall down you know (laughs) (laughs) or that um you know I get knocked down I get up again because of course you know but but also that standards are really important to me Mm. you know and being brave and going there this wasn't for a credentialing purpose this is just I want to be a really great coach Mm. it's important to me Mm. that I what I'm offering is really good coaching Mm. in which case I'm brave enough not only am I getting mental coaching I want to be a mental coach yeah which is brilliant (laughs) (laughs) superpower of ADHD I think so going back to what you said earlier so you said for you the things that really help you when you're experiencing that kind of overwhelm are Mm. to either co-regulate with someone else Mm -hmm. or to change your state and for you that is that actually is often through exercise yeah what do you think um what do you think coaches need to understand about those two strategies that you find so useful um well I think the co-regulation um is part of what coaching can be Mm. and um And I also think there's self-acceptance in there as well, because what I didn't do was fight it and go, you fool, why, why is it taking over? You know, why are you allowing this to be bigger than it is? I just accepted it. This is how, this is the thing. Mm. I want to shrink the thing. I can kind of see over the barrier. I just can't do it right now. And I know I'm going to have to, and it's that, um, it's that Roger McGough story. You can't go over it. Sometimes you just got to go through it. And, uh, and I know I can, but I have to do it. I can't park it. And you and I talked about what's the difference then if you don't have RSD, what would you have done? What would you have done then? Mm. And you said, 
I probably would have parked it. Yeah. Until yeah. I had time to think about it. Mm. That is not possible for me. Right. <laughs> I right. could reduce the time. But I'm yes. definitely, I can't park it. Yeah. So what do you think it is that maybe causes neurodivergent people to be more prone to RSD? Because the, the, the literature suggests that it, there is a higher there's a higher number a proportion of people who are ADHD who also have RSD so I'm just wondering what you think that link is Mm. I guess it's probably um two things one um and this isn't just ADHD but our 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 nervous system is jacked or gets jacked very quickly and that's something we're born with um which means that that means we are people who think ahead and we are people who can see on the horizon, which is a great thing if you're going to be an innovator, but can also mean that you're looking for trouble and danger. Mm. So you're very sensitive to that. Mm. And so any indication of trouble and danger in the form of rejection, we, we pick on it up on it quickly. Um, I guess the other thing, which is from more of a kind of like trauma point of view, is that you may have, because of neurodivergence, experienced inadvertent rejection. So you become, you almost come to expect it without understanding it. And so that might also, you know, raise your alert system. Mm-hmm. So working theory. Um, mm. And I think for ADHD, it's also that you just experience lots of things at a very high intensity. So your sensory issues, as you know, pain threshold means you you experience pain mm. more than other people, because and again that's the central nervous system. Mm. So what what else do you think coaches need to be aware of if they're working with someone who maybe is sharing a story that seems to suggest that they've had a a response as someone who has RSD. I think some of it is about um I had a lovely expression today about walking in the woods with someone mm. and that could be walking in the woods and a kind of like an acknowledgement of of all of that layering of like lived experience of potential rejection um it could also mean walking in the woods with someone and getting to understand how it feels in rumination mm. like, what does that even feel like and and then I think it's about helping people to find agency in how to get themselves out Mm. and for you that's the treadmill quite often it could be the treadmill it could be co-regulation it could be you know another crisis comes in and it's a bigger one and therefore that one (laughs) falls off the plate you know yeah (laughs) um but but I think that's um I think sometimes coaches, we talked about this, didn't we, um, kind of, we, we go in with our agenda of what a good, good, well-paced session looks like. Mm. And we ask someone, what do you want to talk about? If someone's got RSD or they're in a, a, a moment of RSD or a day or three days, um, they're not in their wisdom and they're not able to tell you in a kind of professional way. Uh, today, then I'd like to talk about you know and and I've managed my thoughts you know because that's part of what is difficult is managing thoughts Mm. RSD or no RSD just managing thoughts 
And so often we're verbally processing to figure out what on earth we think or feel or want to talk about anyway. Yeah, yeah. So some of walking in the woods is is doing that, is realizing that just being in the woods with someone is really, really helpful. You're co-regulating. Yeah. So we shouldn't, we need to drop our allegiance to our ideal coaching session, maybe, and accept the journey that our clients are on. And and that might mean that clients are not in a position to be able to say what what will be a good outcome for them for the session. Because they might arrive at the session completely jacked and you just have to walk with them in that, don't you? I think that, you know, to reassure coaches, most of the time, if they start jacked, they're not going to end jacked. Mm. And you might, you know, that hour might have got them out of that hot water of rumination, in which case, what a gift. Mm. You know, by doing very little, you've done so much. Mm. I think that's worth thinking about yeah you, you had an experience didn't you with uh, with somebody who gave you feedback yeah so it's quite a recent coaching session with um uh someone who has autism and, and probably adhd and they um i you know i asked them what they wanted to get out of the session they didn't really know and they said they they're they're a very quick thinker and they they go off at tangents here there and everywhere um but, you know, after a few minutes, it, it became apparent we're talking about a particular topic of interest to them. And we carried on down that route. And at the end, I kind of said, you know, how how was how was that session for you? And this is someone who has had um, a coaching in the past. And she just said, I'm so glad you didn't try and pin me down to say what I wanted to get out of the session at the beginning, because I didn't know. And I would have actually just really resented you trying to pin me down in that way. Um, and it's only through talking that I discover what the issues are that are going to be most useful for me to think about and I have got something really useful out of the session today and she has and she was very honest she says it's possible we could have gone in a different direction and I've got something else that would have been useful out of the session <laughs> but what we've got today is useful for me and I'm going to take it away and it will be helpful so I think it's all about going with the flow when you're working with ADHD clients and not trying to tie them down because you can't you can't actually so there's no point trying I, th- I think that's a really it's interesting she used the uh, she or he I don't know who um used the word um pin me down um because for it for ADDs ADHDs um the thing the kind of red rag is constrain deprive or restrict mm. you know and so that's never going to work ever no. <laughs> and I've realized you know in a coaching session where people go can you scale it where do you feel from here to here I'm like what I want to you know I want to paint you a picture I want to I'm, I'm going to burst out the box and tell you what the answer is but I'm definitely not going to give you a number <laughs> because that's restricting me <laughs> so scaling an ADHD brains may not be a good fit I mean, it, not for me. And again, personal to me, but I, 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 I think there is a link with, with the idea of con- confinement, constrainment that doesn't work and the pin me down thing fits that. Mm. And, and I think um, ADHDs are quite time blind as well. And so that sense of, 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 of when they, they like to feel like you're bending time with them walking in the woods with them come on my journey goodness knows where we're going but isn't it fun 
For Katie, is there any final comments that you want to make about RSD? I think it's just about, I think there's a, there's a piece around acceptance. There is a piece around how do I manage this? Because it is manageable and it can get shorter. Um, and, and yeah, and getting people to acknowledge how it feels because sometimes you know the, the running on the treadmill was me getting my head and my body back in connection mm. and facing the uh feeling of uh it was a really difficult feeling that I was running away from I just it's so unbearably painful mm. um so yeah there's something about being able to pinpoint that feeling of awfulness and then also how do I shrink it mm. how do I get move that thing from right in front of me into the foreground sorry the background mm. Mm. and it sounds like you've you've um you're in a place now where that can happen a lot more quickly than it did a few years ago absolutely and yeah and i'm able to use tools to manage whereas i think if and some of that's about knowing my neurodivergence, I have to say. It's mm. been very empowering mm. um, because I've stopped going, why can't you just? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I understand why. Yeah, it's so much more self-compassionate, yeah. which is part of, you know, how we calm our nervous system down. Yeah. Oh, it's been really great talking to you about um, this topic, Katie. It's a really new one for me. I feel like I'm learning all the time, which I love. Um, and I think we will call this podcast uh, to an end. But we would like to let everyone know that if you are a coach, a mentor or a therapist, and you would like to learn more about neurodiversity, we would love to see you on our coaching courses and you can find out more about those at our website which is www.goldmindneurodiversity.com and we'll be back again with a different topic fairly soon bye bye <laughs>